Well, it is a new year, and probably for the 10,000th time this year, can I just say, Happy New Year. I've been saying it so many times. When do we stop saying Happy New Year? I don't know. <laughs> Next year. <laughs> this year, many things are going to take place in the life of the church. And uh, one of the things is going to be, of course, the, the property redevelopment. Our plans have been in council, our yellow signs have been out there and we are just now waiting for council to finish their, their holiday break and get back to work and hopefully then we will be given the go-ahead. But I don't want the building to be the dominant thing. Let it take place in the background. The most important thing is people. You, the people in this community, that everybody comes to know the Lord Jesus as their saviour and God as who he really is. The creator God of the heavens and the earth. That's the main focus. Whilst you might be seeing lots of changes happening over the next few months in preparation for the building works, can we just keep our eye on the ball? It is on people. It is on the Lord himself. Therefore, this year I'm starting a new theme of messages on laying a godly foundation. And... This morning I'm going to be reading from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, verses 24 to 27, and a parallel passage is found in Luke, chapter 6. So, obviously this was a, um, a parable that Jesus told on numerous occasions, and both Matthew and Luke have seen fit to record it in their Gospel records, though not identical very, very similar. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. These are the words of Jesus. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that, this, that house, and it fell with a great crash. And when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. You know, this parable... Uh, 
of the wise and foolish builders has been recorded for us in only two of the four Gospels. The other Gospel writers chose to leave it out. And yet it is one of the better known parables of the Lord Jesus because it contains such a profound yet simple and practical truth. Now, how many here would say they know this parable very well? Okay, how many of you would say you know it moderately well? Okay, how many have never ever heard of it before? Okay, that's good, that's good. Well, having done the introduction, let me ask you a question. Who here has ever taken up the challenge of building a house according to their own design? While you're raising your hands up there, oh, there's a few of you. Ah, oh, I am in awe and wonderment and envy. I would love to have built my own house. But Cheryl always said no. <laughs> too much fun. Yeah, too much trouble. Yeah. I would have loved to have... Both our sons have built their own houses, but it's something that would have been my heart's desire. But not to be. For those of you who have built your own home... What would you think would have been the single greatest challenge? Ray, you had your hand up. Yeah, what's the single greatest challenge in building your own home? Preparation. Ooh, very wise. Yes. Someone else? Foundations, yes. No one's game enough to say the colour of the carpets and curtains. <laughs> All right, well, I can only imagine that it must have been a thrill to live in a house in which you have had such an involvement. Whether you have built your own home or not, we should never forget what the experts tell us. And what do they tell us about building your own home? It's all about location location and location. That's right. And with so many other things in life, you don't just go ahead with any project simply because the end result may look good. You don't just build a house so that it will look good to the neighbourhood. There is so much more. There is so much more in the important things of life than simply looks. Or as the Chinese say, there's so much more than face. Is that right? There is far more to life than just face. When we were in China, there were some old Russian-built apartment blocks and near where we lived. They were shockers. They were falling apart. But the government sold them off and the people who bought them, guess what they did? Spruce them up. They spruced them up. They gave them a new face. And they looked wonderful. And people were buying these apartments 
because they looked great. But we knew what was behind the false walls. It was absolutely shocking. The concrete had no reinforcement. These were four-storey buildings and there was no reinforcement except chicken wire. Guess what's going to happen when an earthquake takes place? But they look good. They had face. There is so much more in life than face. In whatever you may build, whether it's a house, a car, a business, a family, or even your own life, the most important thing is that you build a good, enduring, firm, solid foundation. And Jesus knew this 2,000 years ago. And the thing about a good foundation is that it's usually never seen because it's what you put in place before you start building that really counts. Who'd like to live in the, uh, in the, in that house? No? Oh. What about this one? I think that's going to be around for quite a while, don't you? In the parable, Jesus is comparing the situation of two houses. Now, not two houses like this. For all we know, the two houses that Jesus was talking about may have had exactly the same floor plan and looked identical in every respect. They may have both enjoyed breathtaking views and scenery. They may have been constructed of exactly the same materials and had the same quality of workmanship. But the big difference is what underpinned these two homes. When the severe storms of life hit the first home, it remained secure and steadfast. It did not uh, collapse and it was not destroyed. When the severe storms of life hit the second home, it was undermined, it broke apart and was totally demolished. The big difference, the big difference between the fate of these two homes had nothing to do with their construction but everything to do with their foundations. So what type of foundations do we have for homes today? Well, builders will tell you that there are three main types of foundations. First, concrete or, tim or timber stumps. Do you have a home that has concrete or timber stumps? Yep, very popular, isn't it? The second one is a floating concrete slab. Anyone have a floating concrete slab? What is it? You lay a, a slab of concrete and then you build your house on top of it. So the slab just sits on the soil. All right? 
Okay, very common. Up the, up the road here, they've built some uh, units or apartments. They're on concrete slabs. Uh, what they're doing now also in these concrete slabs, they're saying, well, instead of putting a six-inch concrete slab, we'll have one inch of concrete, four inches of foam, and one inch of concrete on top of that. And we'll have pillars connecting the top layer and the bottom layer of concrete. <laughs> the third way, the third foundation is that's used today is a sunken basement. Much like what we see with apartment buildings, particularly along Manningham Road. They actually are building pillars down into the ground. They build the frame around those pillars. They then take out all the earth. They build a slab underneath and then... Basically, that's the car park. Uh, we visited one of those homes, or a home like that, in Doncaster East when we were first looking to buy a house. And it was owned by a Chinese fellow who had gone back to China for about 18 months. To save electricity, what did he do? He turned off the mains power. Wouldn't you do that? Yes, you've got to leave it on. Well, he turned everything off. And what it meant was that the underground water pumps didn't have power and his basement filled with around about four feet of water. When we saw the home, the water was black with mould. Terrible stuff. But talking about these foundations, stumps, slab, or sunken basements, is that what Jesus was talking about? Because I don't think so. When Jesus spoke of the importance of a good foundation, he was actually talking about the composition of the soil or the earth upon which the house would eventually stand. You see... Ultimately, it doesn't matter what kind of constructed solid foundation we may place under our houses. Because if the soil under these constructed foundations is not firm and stable, if it is unsuitable to carry the weight of a building, the structure will not endure. This is actually a photograph of an apartment block it's around about a 12-storey apartment block in Shanghai that was built near Pudong. Now, if you know, Pudong is an area that was once marshlands. And what the government did, they covered these marshlands with a clay soil, let it bed down for a few years, and then they started building these tower apartments. Well... This tower apartment, it had foundations. You can see the pillars. But unfortunately, it wasn't anchored to anything. Fortunately, this building fell down a matter of only weeks before the new tenants were meant to be moving in. So my understanding is that only one person died, and that was a worker. He was in his tractor around the perimeter of the building when it collapsed. One too many. It is one too many. It is one too many. 
When the Lord Jesus was talking about solid foundations, he was describing the nature of the rock and the soil that would be able to withstand any and every unforeseen circumstance. Of course, in Jesus' parable, he was not giving a lecture to architects, house engineers and construction workers. Jesus was talking to all of us about the foundations upon which we actually build our lives. But you knew that, didn't you? This parable was really Jesus talking to us about the foundations of our lives. It's true that we've all been gifted by God with the freedom and responsibility to choose how we will live our lives. We choose what our lives will look like, what skills and talents will we, we will employ throughout our lives, and we choose how we will use our time and energy to the best advantage. However, the big challenge for every one of us is concerning the deeper foundations of our lives. What are our values? What are our principles? And what are the moral imperatives that will impact and determine how our lives will be in the future. That's the real foundation. For the Lord Jesus, it all boils down to choosing the right foundation upon which we build our lives. And there are basically two options. The first option is to build your life on the sure and solid foundation of God's values, God's principles and God's moral imperatives. It may require a little more time and effort to dig deep into the solid rock of God's word of scripture and to know and understand the heart and mind of God. But ultimately, we will have a life structure that is securely tied to all that God has for us in the future. The second option is to build your life on the shifting sands of popularism, of modern philosophy, of compromise, of expediency. And this requires little or no effort at all. Because it's so easy to just go with the flow and follow what the crowd is saying at the time. You only need to look at Australian history of the past 100 years, look at Australian politics, and you will see the ebbs and flows of popularism. What was accepted 50 years ago is considered horrendous today. And what is considered as ideal for today and the right thing to do, I will guarantee you in 50 years' time it will be just seen as unbelievable that we could have behaved that way or thought that way. The two choices. And while this is, whilst um, the second option is certainly the easier option in life 
Unfortunately, it's not enduring because at the first sign of trouble, the shifting foundations of community popularism can leave your life totally and utterly devastated. You can find yourself very quickly without any clear direction and hope in life. And don't we see this time and time again on the media with those who have gone the way of multiple marriages, infidelities, alcoholism, drug addiction, violence, greed, and the list goes on. The people that you admired 10, 15 years ago and saw as a role model, and look at where the live, their lives are today. Let me tell you about the story of a house. Oh, sorry, I should have put that one up. That was the second, second option. Let me tell you about a story of a house in Scarborough in Queensland. This wasn't the actual house, but it was a house like this. Scarborough, if you've never visited northern suburbs of Brisbane, Scarborough is an elite suburb where parts of it are built on reclaimed mangrove swampland. Anyone here been to Scarborough? Yes? Okay. Yes, a few of you. Um, it's quite, quite picturesque, quite beautiful. Have a lovely boat harbour, some nice fish and chip shops. And, yeah. <laughs> In developing this um, elite suburb, they have created beautiful waterways where the houses have private boat ramps and views looking north across Deception Bay to the Glasshouse Mountains. To be sure, it is idyllic and very desirable. I know of one house that was built on a floating slab. You know, you pour your concrete. And it wasn't a slab with the foam in the side. This was a solid concrete slab, six inch thick, concrete reinforced slab. However, after only a few years, the weight of the house split the slab in two. The back of the house, that part which was facing the canal, this is the back of the house. Yes, let me show you. That's the back of the house. The front of the house is the other side where the street is. The back of the house facing the canal began to sink as the mud began to move. To save the luxurious house, the owners had to spend a lot of money. As much money as it would be to buy your house. They spent a lot of money to drive a series of huge concrete pylons under the slab to lift and hold it in place. They had to drive the pylons down, move them under the slab, and then anchor the top of the pylon to the slab and lift it. It was an engineering nightmare. The pylons were driven up to 10 metres into the earth until they hit a bedrock. 10 metres. That's 30, over 30 feet. If only the people had built their house on a solid foundation in the first place, 
they could have saved themselves a lot of heartache and a lot of expense. Brothers and sisters, we know, we know that life has a habit of sending many storms across our pathway. They may be health storms, financial storms, or relational storms. Whatever the nature of these storms of life, the question has to be asked, are the foundational values and principles of your life solid and secure to keep your life stable and sure in these times? Over many years, I have met so many men and women who have made God the foundation of their lives. They have faithfully read the Bible and prayed every step of the way. The Lord Jesus has been their guide and their inspiration in all their decision making and their lives have been truly blessed. The world may look at these people and make one of two judgments. The world may say that their lives have been so boring, so easy and so organised because they've not taken any risks. Or the world may say they've been very lucky and must have had some hidden advantages to get where they are. Uh, the world doesn't look at that one. Yes. In a sense, what the world says is correct, however. The lives of many faithful believers have been very ordered and structured because they put God first in all things and he watched over them, keeping them from uncertainty, insecurity and harm. Secondly, they have experienced the advantages of the blessings of God because they've sought to honour him first in all things. When a life is lived, built on a solid foundation of a faith relationship with God, the storms of life come and go and your life does not crumble and fall into a heap of hopelessness and despair. A life of faith is not about pie in the sky when you die. A life of faith is where we daily ensure that the true foundations of our lives are established on all that God has gifted to us, all that he has revealed to us, all that he has made known to us, and especially in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why would you want to live any other way? Why would you want to live any other way? Life is such a precious gift. Why would you gamble with it by trusting in mere luck or the vacillations of the shifting sands of competing worldly opinions and ideas that have their popular, popular time one day and are on the nose the next day? It is only in the fullness of the revelations and promises of God that our lives will ever find true peace, true joy, true fulfilment, and lasting security. 
as Joshua commanded the children of Israel in Joshua chapter 22, love the Lord your God with some of your ways. No? All. Yes, thank you, Paul. I was just testing to see if you were awake. <laughs> yes, Joshua commanded the children of Israel, love the Lord your God with all your ways. Keep his commandments, hold fast to him and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. You don't just build a solid foundation of your life on part of God's word and part of what the world says. Guess what's going to happen? The foundation's going to be split. It's got to be all if it's going to work. And in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul wrote to the early church, he said this in Romans 5, Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we cannot forget the words of the Lord Jesus himself when he declared in John 10.10, 10, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly, more solid. More secure. Brothers and sisters, we can never claim the excuse of ignorance. God has provided for us the absolute best foundation upon which we can and should build our lives. Those who ignore or reject him do so at their own peril. And when the storms of life assail them, they can and should never ask, why did God let this happen to me? God's word is always dependable. God's word is always steadfast. God's word is always sure. So build your life on the firm foundation of the Lord Jesus and he will see you through all the storms of life. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, how many times have we driven along streets in our neighbourhood and we've seen houses that are derelict and falling down? And Lord, we know that when they were built, they were built with love and the first families that lived in it were families that valued and treasured that home. But over time, it has become neglected. And sometimes we see the big cracks leading up past doorways or windows and we realise what has happened is that the foundations have given way. They were not sure and secure. We start to see the roofs of houses buckling. 
And it's all because the foundations have given way. The house has become twisted and distorted. And Lord, I just want to thank you for this parable because it is so evident to us that unless the foundations are solid and secure, the building that has been built will only endure for a short time. Heavenly Father, I pray that this year, as a church, we will ensure that our lives are firmly established on the solid and secure foundation of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for this gift of life. We pray that we will use it well to honour you, to glorify you, to love you, to serve you. Lord, not that we would live for ourselves, but that we would live to be a blessing firstly to you and then to all whom we meet. Grow us, Lord. Build us that we might be truly witnesses to the foundation that is you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Pastor Bruce. Perhaps uh, Sherry will allow you to come and build my house. Thank you for starting the year with a, a solid sermon on building a strong foundation. And why don't we end the service with these beautiful hymns again and make it our prayer to the Lord to be our vision as we begin this year together. Shall we rise as we sing this song?
us this year to be able to say every day, rain or shine, Jesus is mine. May this year, 2018, may the Lord walk beside you to comfort you. May the Lord walk above you to watch over you. May the Lord walk behind you to keep you safe. And may the Lord walk before you to show you the way. The Lord bless you. And the Lord keep you. The Lord make His face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you the shalom peace now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Remember, you can grab a Bible reading plant. It's available at the info table.